Hello and welcome to Moonwise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, we bring you my conversation with women's empowerment coach, Sarah Jenks, about creating space to feed our authentic magic. In this episode, we talk about finding freedom from emotional eating, coming out as a magical being, releasing the idea of sameness as safety, creating a life that's aligned with who we really are, and finding balance by working with the four elements. If you'd like to watch the unedited video of this interview, I've shared it on the Moon Tent Facebook page and on our website at moontent.co. Sarah Jenks is a life coach, emotional eating expert, and sacred space holder. She's mother to three children and proprietress of Hawthorne Farm, a 23-acre farm and retreat center in Medfield, Massachusetts. She's created a number of online programs that help women remember their wild, authentic, and sacred selves, including Live More, Way Less, and Whole Woman. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I am very excited to talk with you about all kinds of topics, including women's empowerment and feeling worthy and beautiful beyond what the scale tells us. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. I am obsessed with this podcast, and so I feel so happy to be on here and talking with you and your amazing community. So it's really an honor. Thank you. Well, I've been following you for a while on Instagram and you cover a lot of bases in terms of topics that women are really, I think, resonating with at this moment. And the the topic that really captivated me that you had such a good way of framing and talking about is emotional eating. And especially as a sacred space holder, this is something that I love that those two things are paired because often there's people who are like, oh, I'm, you know, an expert in diets and wellness and this and that, but then they kind of forget the sacred piece. And that to me is always the real root of these things. And I think it's a topic that many women can relate to, especially the media that we're constantly exposed to that's telling us we're not enough. We're not allowed to take up space, literally. So I would love to hear how you came to that work and and how that work is evolving for you. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad we're talking about it because, and I'll talk about my story, but what's been so fun about right now is that I, I was sort of in this whole wellness, emotional eating, weight loss world. And I was disconnected from my own spiritual practice and the spiritual world. And then I sort of crossed over and left the body and like left the emotional eating And I'm in a time right now, I'd say probably since I got pregnant with my third child and she's four months now, I'm really stepping into how the two are related, um, or not even related, but the same. And it's been, that's been so fun. So my story is that I, I went to my first Weight Watchers meeting when I was 10 and I remember the, the leader said, nothing will ever taste as good as being thin feels. And I was just like, that's just not true. And what does thin even feel like anyway? I love ice cream so much. You know, I I was just, I just had, I was inundated with this belief system that 
in order for my life to be great, I had to be thin. And once I was thin, all of my dreams would come true. And, but what, what the issue was with me was that I could not stick to a diet. Um, and so I never got to that thin state. And so I always thought that my life was 20 pounds away and I was just putting off, I wasn't actually making my life better because I thought that the reason my life sucked was because I was overweight. But the truth was my life sucked was because I wasn't actually paying attention to my life. So fast forward, I went through years decades of this. And in my mid twenties, I had a particularly bad binge, um, in the supply closet of my advertising agency while I was on a juice cleanse. And I ate an entire bag of those dove chocolate promises, like those little chocolate pieces. There's probably 50 in a bag and I'd only been drinking juice for three days. So I felt so sick. I remember I threw out the last three pieces in the trash went back to my desk. And then a couple minutes later, I went back to the trash to fish them out. And I just remember in that moment thinking there was nothing I could do to stop myself from eating the chocolate. It was like an alien had taken over my body. And so I just kind of gave up in that moment. I just felt completely broken that there was nothing I was ever able. I was never going to be able to do. My life is going to be terrible forever. All this stuff. So once I decided to stop dieting in that moment, all of a sudden I had this brain space and I looked around and I realized, wow, my life is really boring and I should do something about this. So I signed up for voice lessons. I went to dance class. I joined a meditation group. I started doing more fun things with my boyfriend. Of course, lo and behold, I stopped eating ice cream every night. And I stopped eating an entire half a package of cookies. And I realized, oh, this food was just my only source of pleasure. This food was my only source of happiness. It was my stress reliever. It was my therapist. It was my Xanax. It was, you know, everything. And once I started actually feeding myself emotionally with what I needed, I stopped overeating so much. And so from there I created my, and I lost 30 pounds. So from there I created, I went to nutrition school. I started on the health coaching journey. I eventually created this program called live more way less instead of way less live more, which is what I feel like so many women feel like. And the program has a catchy name, but it's not about weight loss. It's all about emotional eating. Um, and being in our bodies, but the, I've been, so that came out in 2011 and then when I started having kids four years ago, I've had, I've had three kids in four and a half years. Do the math on that one. Um, and when I started having kids, this is when I realized, oh, my body is a sacred portal, not only of life, but of energy, of spirit. I'm a reflection of the earth. I am like an actual tree that just doesn't have roots in the ground. I just have energetic roots and I'm walking around and I had this whole realization about my body. And that's when I realized that this, this patriarchal brainwashing that we have received that tells us two things. One, we will only be worthy of love and happy if we're thin, but two, part of that. And I think this is the piece that women still don't really get that's underneath that. That's even more detrimental is the only reason to take care of our bodies is to look a certain way. 
And that to me is the more damaging lie that we've been taught because what can happen is we'll sh- many women will shift into this sort of rebel mindset around our bodies and it, and we'll say it doesn't matter what i look like and therefore i'm going to eat whatever i want and then we're poisoning our bodies with stuff our bodies don't want we're still just disconnected from our bodies as a sacred temple we're like gunking up our channel and we feel terrible all the time. And so women always say, but Sarah, if I'm not trying to lose weight, I'm going to eat whatever I want. And I say, hold up. There are a million reasons to eat really well and to take care of your body that have nothing to do with what you look like. So we can be a rebel about body shape, but we need to take care of our homes for us and reclaim health for ourselves instead of health being so tied up in society's rules about how women should look. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And I've never heard anyone frame it that way. And it feels deeply important. And also something that just came up in my mind when you were talking about becoming a mother is we have generations of women who think they need to be thin and are dieting. And yet they are, as you said, literally the sacred vessels bringing forth new life, new bodies into the world. And if they're not deeply nourished physically, emotionally, spiritually, how are they going to nurture the new generations? Like it seems like the exact opposite of what we would want to be doing. (laughs) Right. Because all of a sudden when we're pregnant, we don't need to be thin anymore. Because we're not like by like primarily trying to get pregnant because we already are and our stomachs aren't going to be flat anyway. And so, and this is so, this happened to me with my first two kids. I ate whatever I wanted because the freedom to not have to be thin was, and I did this for a living and it was still affecting me, was so freeing. But I was, I didn't feel good. You know, I had hypertension at the end of my pregnancy with my second daughter. I was like, I had really bad allergies. I felt really tired because I was just eating so much ice cream and bread all the time. So with my third baby, I actually gave up gluten and dairy right at the beginning of my pregnancy because I was having really bad allergies and I was feeling pretty down and depressed. And man, oh man, I had the easiest pregnancy ever because I was just actually taking care of my body better than I was before I got pregnant. And so, um, it's so you're right. It's backwards. Yeah. And the other thing that comes to mind from your story is that sometimes it seems like we're asking the wrong questions to me. It's like, what are we really hungry for? Like, what is it that we want to fill us? And it's probably not cookies. I mean, sometimes it can be cookies, but it's probably not the root of our hunger. Never. Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, so when I started this work, it was really, you know, we were in the basics of how do we have more fun? How do we have more pleasure? Like fun is the key. That's a starting point for everybody. Um, and now what I've discovered after working with thousands of women, the real issue that is stems from all problems, but specifically emotional eating, which is, I was working with emotional eaters was 
women are just so exhausted pretending to be someone that they're not all day, every day and hiding their true self from themselves and from other people and feeling like they are constantly taking care of other people, trying to fit in, working out how to be accepted and living in this and trying to fit into this box of happiness. So that's why I created my second body of work, which is called whole woman, which is all around helping women understand who they are and why they're here and giving them the courage and the community to support them in being themselves. Because I mean, I spent my whole life, not my whole life, I'd say like my whole adult life, um, performing like not on a stage, you know, but, um, and at the end of the day, I was so tired that all I wanted to do was eat ice cream in front of the TV. Cause it was just the only thing I could do for myself. That was about me. Like, it's like almost like eating becomes your secret time because you haven't been able to fully express who you are during the day. Does that make sense? That makes too much sense. (laughs) I'm like, yep. (laughs) And I think especially when, like, I find this, this is interesting with entrepreneurs when we're starting our own business, it's like, we already feel like we're doing something weird that actually being as weird as we are in our businesses or even with our friends or our family feels just like it's just going to be too much. You know, we just can't go there. But, um, it was just holding me back in so many profound ways that I finally had to choose to really be who I am and then deal with the consequences of which there were not many. Right. The fear of, oh, what will people say or think, or they won't accept me for who I really am. Exactly. So I had this whole experience. Um, I'd love to tell this little story where, um, I was, I had been doing live more by less for years. I was feeling like I wanted to create something new. I didn't really know what it was. My husband was about to graduate from his surgical residency in San Francisco where we were living. And we had had two of our babies there. We lived there for six years. So Jonathan was ending, he was ending an 11 year training. I mean, wild. So we, um, I, I knew I could like feel this new chapter brewing, but I didn't know what it was. And I wrote out this 15 page document about, um, my five-year plan and what, where I wanted to be in five years. And I, you know, through all of this, um, magical work and empowerment and meditation. I worked with this really great woman. Oh, you know, Katina, Katina Mercadante from spirit weavers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is she's an empowerment coach and I worked with her closely and she helped me create this document. And I saw this property in Massachusetts with, um, a stream and a long windy driveway and I enough land to build a yurt and woods to dance in and open fields to gather women. And I did this whole vision And I was like, in five years, this is what we're going to do. We'll move to Massachusetts. We'll buy a small house. Like I I also did this whole dance with always thinking that I should want to be a stay at home mom at some point, because to me, that was like the, the happiness box that I needed to check or like the normal box. Um, it's, and then I, I had to go through the process of, I'm actually not a stay at home mom, like in my being. So, um, I, 
I wrote out this whole list. And then two weeks later, we're looking at real estate. We forgot to put in our budget and I see this cool house on a lake and I'm swiping through the pictures and it's every single thing I put on this document. I mean, long windy drive with trees, a stream. And then there's this building on the property that was way better than a yurt, four season, huge round temple and, you know, woods, open fields, 23 acre farm right in the town we wanted to be in 35 minutes outside of Boston with a a spring fed lake. Like I remember my jaw was on the floor. It was so crazy. And the next morning I sat down in a meditation and I just asked, what do I do? And I heard Google it. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I went to the real estate thing. I got the name of the farm. I Googled it. Turns out it was owned by my high school therapist. No, crazy. So I, I'm like crying, I'm shaking and I'm just seeing magic happen right in front of me. And it had been on the market for two years. We never saw it because I just, you know, I had all these parameters, like what a beautiful analogy to life. So I sent her an email and she said, um, I can't believe you're emailing. I sent up smoke signals for the owner two weeks ago. And I told her that's when I wrote my, um, my document. So it was just this amazing, it was just amazing. So we came and saw the property and it was so beautiful and it was way out of our budget there. We were going to have to pull like so many strings to figure out how to make the money work. And it's a 23 acre property. And so a lot of people who were close to me said, this is not a good idea. You know, this isn't safe. What are you going to do? You want to have another baby. Jonathan's starting a new job. You don't even know if the job's going to work out. You know, you have your own business, which is like just the nature of it up and down. And so I questioned my, I questioned the magic. Oh, this just must be a coincidence. Um, this must not be my truth. Maybe this is just driftwood, you know, which is that, um, which is a term that spiritual people use about just like, Oh, it's just means you're on your path. (laughs) And then, but this was so great. So I'd come back to my friends and I'd say, Oh, you know, it was great, but maybe it's just too much. And my friends that really knew me would, you know, put a hand on each shoulder and say, Sarah, no, this is your land. You are meant to be there. This is huge magic. You call this in, figure it out. And, and then in those moments, you know, my whole body would light up and I would just be so happy and so elated and have this moment of knowing. And it was, that was the time when I had to be, um, I had, I knew in that moment I had to choose. I was either going to choose myself and who I really was and buy this house and figure it out hell or high water. Or I was going to pretend that safety was more important to me and that I was just going to be a regular, I don't want to say regular person, but just be someone that I wasn't. And I chose the house. Thank God my husband was so excited about it too. And just believes in me and all the crazy stuff that I manifest sometimes. And, um, we've been here for over a year and it's been absolutely incredible. 
So it's just such a great, um, I think it's such an important lesson that sometimes who we are feels so big and so overwhelming, but we have to choose it. We have to choose us. Thank you for that. That's a really good reminder for me and everyone out there listening. So this brings me to let's talk about magic. Um, I've heard you say magic is the new yoga and I wholeheartedly agree. And I would love to hear what does magic mean to you? Well, I, it's, I love the word magic because it reminds me of, um, how I felt when I was little, you know, sometimes the word can feel, um, a little bit fantasy or like fairy tale-y. And to me it is, and it's real. It's a fairy tale and it's real because fairy tales are real. And, um, I, I just remember when I was little, I would walk around my backyard and I could just feel that something else was there. I know you can relate to this and, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't have words for it. And then, you know, as we grow up, as this happens with everybody, we forget and we learn to be blinded to the magic and it's so interesting because my daughter wants to be a witch for Halloween. She's three. And I told her, I was like, Annabelle, I would love for you to be a witch for Halloween, but you're going to be a real witch for Halloween. Not the witch that we've been taught is a bad, dark witch with warts. And so we've been able to have a really great conversation, um, about how, about how our culture has made witches bad and evil so that the magic that's inside of us is hidden from us. And I always, what's the name of that show about fairy tales, like the real life fairy tales once upon a time, Mm -hmm. like that is actually what is happening right now. I believe on a macro level that we are coming that we've been living our whole lives thinking that we're just normal magicless bodies and we're all being, it's all being revealed to us. If we are willing to see it, how magical we are and how it's real and it's here. And so it was so fun to explain that to my daughter in such clear terms. Um, but I think it's really important for all of us to understand first, you know, before we go into talking about magic, why it feels weird in the first place. And it's because we've had this patriarchal brainwashing that, um, witches are bad and and worship the devil. Like that wasn't actually what witchcraft was. That was a storyline that was put into our, um, our collective consciousness during the, the burning times and during the inquisition. So I think it is really important for us to understand that first so we can be open to magic. And for me, and I think it's different for everyone. For me, it's just, um, I mean, you can't not pay attention to just what's happening outside your window and not feel like we live in a magical world. You know, just the fact that everything that's happening outside just happens on its own, that the birds can fly and that, you know, we are in beautiful relationship with the trees where like they give up oxygen that we need and we give up carbon dioxide that they need. And just all of these relationships, um, I see it in the little tiny coincidences that happen to me all day. And for me, it's the most, it's the most effective way for me to 
continue to come back to who I am and my own truth. So when I was hemming and hawing about this house, I had to sit for an hour every morning and pull my tarot cards and light my sacred candles and be with my mother earth statue and use, um, use these tools to just remember who I am so that I could make decisions from that place. And so for me, magic is really practical and it's, um, it's just the most important thing in my life now are those practices. Beautiful. And I admire so much the way you speak about it in such a matter of fact way of just like, Hey, this is who I am. I feel comfortable even talking about it in a public sphere. And I I'm so curious about that because I still find myself, I catch myself like yesterday, this book in the library was like, please come read me. And it was a book about unicorns. And I'm like, do I hide? Like, do I like pretend like, no, this is for my kid. Like, no, like really I needed to read this book about unicorns and how to attune to their energy. Everyone I know who isn't in this kind of moon wise world would be like, okay, Dorte, that is super weird and odd. And I'm questioning how much I can respect you as a rational sane human. Right. And sometimes those voices, like I hear them in my head and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be judged that way. Like I really want to hide this. And at the same time, I'm like, it lights up everything in my being. And I remember my five-year-old self who knew that those energies were real and that they were actually that magic is me. It's not even something I do. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, so a couple of things that have been really helpful for me, one, I want to tell people before I move on that I, all of these magic practices that I do and really used so intensely when I was buying my house, um, I have invited all of my like friends and teachers who have helped me with this to teach in this free course called magic week. Um, we can put, you can put the link in the show notes, but, um, it's going to be awesome. And it starts on October 24th, which I think is when this is coming out. Um, so I'm doing a full moon circle called, um, how to discover who you are and why you're here. We have tarot, astrology, um, energy work, priestess work, death work, ancestral work. I mean, all this amazing stuff. So if you guys are interested in diving a little bit deeper, check that out. Um, okay. So this is where I get the courage to be a weirdo It is basically, um, and this is really why I created whole woman which is, um, these three things that I think are really important. The first one is to realize that, um, you know, as women, we are uniquely connected to the moon as you know, the moon's phases are direct, a direct reflection of our hormonal phases, or I should say our hormones are a reflection of the moon. Moon's been around a lot longer than humans. Um, and because of that connection, we, we have to use the moon as a teacher and so the moon is changing every day, very rapidly. Um, I always like to compare it to the sun where the sun is more of a masculine energy that basically rises and sets at about the same time every day, even though your know, changes with the seasons and the sun is bright. It's consistent. We know it's there. The moon changes, I mean, rises and sets very different times over the course of its 29 day cycle. Um, also the moon goes through the entire Zodiac in 29 days where the sun goes through the entire Zodiac over a year. So 
because we are connected to the moon, I use that as permission to be different all the time that I am meant to be different every day. My moods are meant to change. My desires are meant to change. What I need for rest and self-care is meant to change, but also we're meant to be different than each other. And we also can see that just in the biodiversity of this earth that no, like no, no two leaves are the same. No two snowflakes are the same. No two birds are the same you know, not to mention like all the species and all the genuses of all of the plants and animals. And yet for some reason we feel like we need to be the same as everybody else. And we, we think we need to be that because of the patriarchy. So, so the first thing is to recognize we're all meant to be different. We're all meant to change. We can see that in the earth. The second thing is to remember that we've been brainwashed to fit in and that we've been taught that sameness equals safety. And I think this, this comes from our primal wiring um, when we lived in tribes that if we were different or diseased, we would have brought the whole tribe down. And so we would have been ostracized in that situation when our survival was really about each other. But now in the modern world, we have access to our own survival mechanisms on our own. Of course, we need the tribe for support and the village is so important, but like, I don't need everybody else to like approve my house or my water. It's all right here. And so we actually have a lot more freedom now to be who we are. And so what we talk about a lot about in whole woman, one of our core philosophies is that, um, sameness doesn't equal safety. We, we really sit with, we're so different and isn't that amazing. And we celebrate our differences and we say, we're all going to do motherhood as different as our fingerprint. It's not just, are you a working mom or a stay at home mom? Like that, those are not enough options for women, you know, with motherhood. Um, we're all going to do love differently. We're all going to do our house differently. We're all going to do things differently. And so the more that I am in that community, in that belief system, and, um, I then believe it, you know, and that's why we're there. So we have to have, um, we have to create a culture outside of the cult, our everyday culture. And like, that's why I have this membership because when you're in that culture long enough, you start to believe, Oh, it doesn't matter if I love unicorns. That's what makes me awesome. I also think it's cool to have a different, um, hierarchy of like what's accepted and cool. So for me, women who are so tapped into their magic, I think are so cool and I really want to spend time with them. So the fact that you you know, need to tune into the energy of unicorns, I want to spend more time with you, you know? And, um, I think we have, we have to shift into that versus like the reasoning checkbox of normal. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes so much sense. And I really appreciate the emphasis on that sameness is no longer something we need for our own safety and that, you know, we are lucky to be born in a time when women can make decisions about their lives and their the men in their lives don't actually literally own them, own their finances, own their bodies, their choices, their children. We do have the freedom to say, no, I, I would like to make my own decisions, my own lifestyle choices. 
I get to own my body, hopefully, mostly. Well, <laughs> politics are a little iffy right now, but um, but we, you know, I, it really occurred to me um, when I was going through my own transformations a couple years ago, where I was really shifting my life in a way that the men in my life really were not approving of. And I just thought, wow, this is really hard. And I'm one of the first generations of women who can say, I make my own money. I can do what I need to do. So that's rare. I mean, this is a beautiful, really crazy opportunity we have. It is. It's really crazy. And I think, um, you know, we're in transition about it. And so I think it's so important also for women to understand that we, we will care, you know, and we will hurt and it does hurt to challenge our family, especially our parents. It does hurt to challenge our partner. Um, even our friends are just like any, like Joe Schmo on the street, you know, but we have to care about ourself more. I think a lot of us are waiting until we don't care. You know what I mean? To actually make those decisions when we just have to, we can have both voices and just care about ourselves more, but it's so hard and amazing that you did it. Cause it, it, it does feel like, um, sometimes it's gradual and sometimes there's like a moment of separation into yourself. You know what I mean? But it's a wild ride. It certainly is a wild ride <laughs> ongoing. <laughs> Well, I'm curious. I know you have a lot of amazing, potent things going on in your life. You have three kids. You're holding space for women. You're launching this new um, free magic course. And I'm curious if there is something that you feel is really vibrant in you right now that you want people to know about or that, yeah, you feel like women should know or explore right now. Oh, yeah, I do. I have something. Um, I've been really geeking out on this recently. So I've been, um, really working with the elements recently and the elements being earth, air, fire, and water. And then you can have a fifth element ether. And what I love about these elements is that you can lay them over the, you know, they are all aligned with a direction. So, um, you know, north being earth, east being air, south being fire, and west being water. And this is how we open a sacred circle um, in in a witch tradition. And but what's so cool is that you can also overlay the moon cycles on that same grid, with new moon being in the north and then the waning full and I'm sorry, then the waxing full and waning. And then you can also overlay the seasons. So the reason why I think this is so cool is because if you look at the alchemy of like, let's talk about, um, like earth, new moon, body, wind, I, I just threw it in, you know, earth, new moon, north and winter. And we put our, something that relates to us in there, like our body, because earth and body is, that's like the same element or in the East, we talk about air and our minds, our work in the world or our fire and our soul and our passion. Um, and then water our emotions. We can see that all four elements are part of a whole and they need to be balanced because we see this in life. A tree cannot grow unless it has all four elements of the sun and the water and it's 
earth and air to breathe. It's the same thing with humans. It's the same thing with any animals, any living thing on earth. But what's so interesting is that we've been taught, I'll use motherhood as an example, that when we're a mom, we have to, we, we no longer have time to take care of our bodies. We for sure are not allowed to be sensual anymore. And like, who has time for a spiritual practice? Not me. And we're not supposed to work. N-O. And we don't have time for our marriage and we don't have time for our friends. We have to focus on one thing. Um, or let's say work is particularly busy. We feel like the only way to be successful with work is if we basically don't, you know, turn off all of our relationships, don't take care of our body, don't have a spiritual practice. We don't have time. We're constantly busy. But what happens is that when we don't nurture the other three parts of ourselves or elements of who we are, the fourth element that we are spending so much time focusing on suffers greatly. And so what I think is so important for women to understand is that our, each part is only as strong as the other parts. And so I was having this moment a couple of weeks ago where, you know, we're opening the doors to whole women again this week. And I've been working really, really hard on it. And things started to feel really hard. My brain turned off and I just kept thinking, what's wrong with work? What's wrong with work? And then I realized, oh, Sarah, this is what you teach. And I had to turn and look at what's happening with my relationship with my body, what's happening with motherhood, what's happening with my soul and my spiritual practice and my sensuality. I have to tend to those in order to fix work. And it's this all ships rise philosophy as opposed to, um, like the four burner method, which people talk about how you can only have one burner on high and the other ones need to be low, which is like not actually how a stove works. So I think it's like a really silly analogy, but, um, I think it's so important for us to realize again, there's this system that happens on our planet that we are a reflection of. And yet we so feel called to turn off all these parts of ourselves where we're meant to be all things and we are allowed to nurture and nourish all things. It's so important. Yeah. That, that almost feels like a radical concept because often in our culture, we value and celebrate people who are just incredibly successful in their work lives. But I often, I often say like, what about their wife? What about their kids? How does their home look like? isn't that also a measure of their success in life? And, and are, are those people okay? Um, I came across this a lot. I I feel compelled to talk about this when uh, my family, we went to Standing Rock for a while to support the water protectors there. And there were a lot of people there as activists standing for water, standing for mother earth. And I just could not help but ask, Oh, okay. You have kids. So who's taking care of them right now? Where, how, how is, how are the women in your community doing? I like, and it was, it's a little bit like confrontational, but I just couldn't help but see if you're talking about mother earth, you're talking about water, you're an activist, you're on the road, you're doing all this awesome stuff. How, how are you caring for the feminine, like directly in your life and your body, et cetera? Like, it just seems like that's also important. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's very important. And it's, it's the same and they need to be related. You know, I sort of think of the visual, Um, like if you have a circle and you have the elements on the top and the bottom and the east and the west of the circle and you like, sew and you like, you're touching on each of the elements on the edge of the circle and you're sewing, 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 and then you pull it together. It pulls the whole together. 
to be you, right? To pull it tight. And I think it is so important to realize that when we're doing activist work, our activist work can only be as strong as our family life. You know, our, our, the emotions that we're bringing to motherhood can only be as strong as our, as the emotions that we are open to in our romantic relationship. You know, the, our bodies are only going to be as healthy as our relationship to spirit. There's no separating. Um, they all support each other. It's so true. And I also love what you brought up because it brings up another point that I've been thinking a lot about recently, which is, you know, what's happening on the world stage is just a reflection of what's happening at home. And I know a lot of people who are really angry about what's going on in politics right now. And, and it's not even politics, it's human rights. And I'm like, yeah, but look what's happening with you in your marriage right now. Um, that's kind of not as bad, but kind of the same. So I think it's really important to understand how are we marginalizing ourselves? Where are we, um, not standing up for what we believe in, in the small ways at home, where are we giving up our own rights or not talking about the rights that we deserve? And it it has to start there because that's the fodder for the fire that we all need to have right now. Totally. And, um, I've said before that, you know, for, for those of us who care about the earth, about the plants, about nature, turn that love and that care also to your own body and your own being. Like what you want for mother earth is what you can want for yourself and maybe start there first. Yes. Cause it's the same. Like we're the same. My favorite fact is that Um, we have the same percentage of water in our bodies that mother earth has on her surface. The same, like we're just mini earths walking around. It's so cool. And when you were talking about the elements, it made me think that perhaps this is why we have things like altars or we make mandalas is to help remind us about this balance. Totally. Yes. I love that. It's, that makes sense. When I'm doing, um, I do full moon circles here or some sort of workshop at my space, um, outside of Boston. And I always do a big mandala in the middle of the circle. And we talk about sort of where we are in the wheel of the year, but also where are we feeling weak and where do we need to tune? And for me, I'm like such an early spring waxing person. So many of us are, and I'm just like waxing, 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 waxing all the time. And so the moon is my medicine because I have to remember it's part of the system to rest. It's part of the system to release. It's part of the system to celebrate. Nothing gets created without going through the creation, connection, release, rest cycle. And, um, you know, we have, we always have to come back to balance. So there's like this whole thing going around, like balance doesn't exist. No, no, no. And I think it does exist. And it is so important for us to strive for it because the amount of stuff that we are piling on our plate that is not in alignment with who we are is going to bury us alive. Yeah. And that includes the media that we're consuming. And part of why I think having conversations like this is so potent is because we're we're creating the messaging in the media that we 
you know, really feels nourishing and uplifting instead of just like, you're not allowed to take up space. You're not a whole person, blah, blah, blah. Like you're not light enough and thin enough. And let's all come together and like you're doing and like so many other inspiring women are doing. Let's make our own nourishment to consume basically. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And that's why I love everything that you're about. It's so important to, to create these spaces for women to come where they can experience a new way of being and, um, like environment and community is so important. We have to pay attention to what we're consuming in the media, who we're spending our time with and the messages that are being poured in. I mean, this is why I created whole woman was so that we could have a community and environment to be immersed. in. I know that's why you created this podcast and why you created your company. So there's just an alternative for people to hang out, you know, Um, it's so, it's so deeply important because that's, what's changing how we think. And when we change how we think, we change how we treat the planet, how we treat each other and the freedom that we feel to be ourselves. And that's just the whole point anyway. Wow. Well, speaking of which, um, if, if women or listeners are interested in learning more and visiting your amazing sounding (laughs) land, where can we find you and connect with your work? Oh, thanks. Well, I love my favorite place to play is Instagram. So please follow me on Instagram. I'm at Sarah Jenks and, um, you can learn about whole woman at wholewoman.me. And it's a, a moonly membership. So we start new topics on every new moon, which is super fun. And, um, it's only $35 a month. It's like super easy peasy and a really beautiful program. We have hundreds of women in it. It's a beautiful community. Um, and then if you are near Boston, um, you can go to hawthornfarmretreat.com and I have all of the events listed there. Um, I do about one event a month, but we have amazing teachers come all the time to teach their magic here. And, um, I also live stream everything that I do. So you can get also sign up for the live stream option at Hawthorne farm Retreat. And then if you're interested in magic week, go to magicweek.me and that's totally free. Wonderful. Okay. And to remind everyone magic week, does it start on October 24th? Yes, it does free for a week. And, um, what we're doing on October 24th is a full moon ceremony and circle on totally online to discover who we are and why we're here and really get into, um, you know, just even deeper into this conversation of like, okay, how do we actually even know who we are and then start to make the steps to figure out, okay, what's my contribution on a small and large scale, you know, during this lifetime, it feels like a big question and it's a little cliche sometimes and people talk about it, but I, I don't think there's anything more important than, than understanding what that is. Is there anything else in closing that you would like to share or leave our listeners with what's coming to me right now. And this has been coming up a lot is just to give yourself permission to rest. You know, we're coming into the end of fall. Fall is a call to let a lot of things go. And we can't always have things tied up in a perfect little bow before we give ourselves permission to rest. And so, um, I guess I just want to invite invite you guys to 
to drop the ball, to say no, to cancel things last minute, to do whatever it takes to find some space to rest for yourself because, um, it's, it's part of the creative cycle. It's one of the most important things we can do, especially right now and helps us really live in alignment. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. A reminder for balance and the rest that's built into us and part of the natural cycle of the earth, of nature and of our bodies and our beings as well. So thank you so much, Sarah. This has been such a beautiful and enlightening conversation. And I hope to continue to, to follow your work and in, invite everyone to check out everything you're doing, especially Magic Week, which I will definitely be <laughs> tuning in for. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is so great. Thank you for listening to the show. If you'd like to join Sarah's Whole Woman program, you can sign up at wholewoman.me slash secret. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show. You can get in touch with me and other listeners in our brand new Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. To get access to the group, just search Moonwise Sisterhood in Facebook and answer two questions about self-care. I look forward to connecting with you there. Also, I'd love it if you could rate us on iTunes and write a review. It helps others find the podcast and grow our community of amazing women. Our theme music is Butterflies March by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time. Do, do, do.